0: It is so good to be with you on
1: the Dig A Little Deeper podcast. It is, it is, I love this. I love hanging out with the folks.
0: It's so good and a lot of folks we have, we've actually got some stats here. <laughs> we've gone from podcasters, uh, podcasters to statisticians. <laughs> And hey, we want to shout out to some people that are joining in from all over the world.
1: Gotta say, I love stats.
0: Yeah, I love some stats, especially when we see our global audience. Our global reach, the masses. (laughs) Drop in in some words. Uh, So, hey, shout out to, we've got people joining in from all over the world. Shout out to our Japanese listeners. mm, Listeners in Japan, in Hyogo, Kyoto, Osaka.
1: Yeah. Great to have you listening in. Yes, it is. And uh, America. Our American audience. Actually, just to give you a stat from the US, uh, most of our audience, as a matter of fact...
0: 73%
1: of our US listeners. Yeah, are from Seattle, Washington. I thought that was cool because, like, aren't they... Like, I hope I'm being culturally okay here, but don't they wear the suits or whatever? I'm confusing that with... uh, where the crime centre is I'm not sure I don't
0: know, I
1: don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> forgive, uh, forgive our ignorance but yeah, hey it d- is great to have you all, all all, of our US cousins are having we're a not great laugh li- also, right, also yeah. our
0: um, friends in Canada we've got 8% of our Canadian listeners joining in from Nova Scotia Ooh. which we may have oh. may or may not have just googled where is Nova no- Scotia Nova Scotia I'm sorry we don't, we're not great at geography I mean, how cool is
1: that <laughs> that's cool though we're yeah. down under we've got to remember we are so far removed from all you folk that's bad. right
0: yeah. we're a long way away. By the time information gets here, it's probably changed. True. So, um, but but Even our New Zealand cousins. And in, so we've got 1%, 1% of our listeners 1% from, Auckland. Of our,
1: from Auckland. From so so Auckland. <laughs> so thank
0: you to our, maybe our one, <laughs> one listener one in, Auckland. in Auckland. One person
1: in Auckland. While we're still in the US, I think it's really cool too that we've actually got someone from Ashburn, Virginia. Yeah, welcome. It's great yeah, to have you that's listening. that's cool. I like that. We've
0: got a spread over Taiwan. We've got... Uh, yeah. People in Taoyuan, Shinju, Taichung, New Taipei, and Taipei. So,
1: yeah. and Huang Ying
0: yeah. Nieman, Lai da woman, the podcast. Oh. It's great to have you listening. <laughs>
1: okay, so- oh, okay, okay. <laughs> cool. I said, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Okay, and then of I course think- uh, <laughs> a few other nations as well, and uh, including Mexico and Hong Kong and Germany and Ireland. Uh, which makes me feel great to have some Irish some cousins our, some
0: on. Some of our Irish, that's right. Yeah, we are, yeah. We've got Irish heritage here in the in the podcast. It's great uh, to have you listening in.
1: And, of course, most, most folks uh, on the podcast are from Australia too. So big shout out to our brethren. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even Tasmania, 1%. One percent of our Australian listeners in Tasmania, which must be a quite a slice of the population.
0: (laughs) 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 Welcome Tasmania! We love our Tasmanian cousins. (laughs) Hey, but where are we going today? I guess we should quickly recap on last week, yeah, uh, where we talked about, I guess, hell being a present uh, reality and a future possibility.
1: Yeah, well, last week was uh, was sort of applying that. So we two podcasts ago. We looked at what the heaven is hell, and then we broke it down into uh, not just being some distant future obscure thing, but actually Jesus saying this is something very present among you if you're not careful with the decisions you make and the way you choose to live. So it's a present reality. Um, And we looked at the word that he used, Gehenna, which was the stinking, burning rubbish pit outside of Jerusalem. Mm. So he likened um, a poorly lived life to to that, that you could actually, I guess it was a warning, don't turn your life into something you don't want to live in. Yeah, yeah, don't turn it into a stinking yeah. rubbish pit. And then we moved to uh, a hell of a life last week <laughs> where we looked at, you know, particularly what Jesus was saying about this, and uh, and we want to do part two and we might try and finish what we were going to finish, but if we don't, we won't. Yeah. We're just going to see how we go because we've got three things to talk about potentially today.
0: Yeah, so three things that Jesus said would turn your life into a rubbish pit. Yeah. Um, and we want to finish this right because we've got something exciting for next. For oh, next man.
1: I'm so hanging out to do the wrath of a bad burrito.
0: <laughs> a bad burrito so. <laughs> we have prepped it, we are,
1: we are ready to roll. So there's your teaser. The wrath of a bad burrito. It's, I can't wait. It's
0: on the way. Um, But first But first I guess what we're looking at is Our inner world which the Bible Or or our heart as the Bible would describe it Mm -hmm. Being a big
1: deal Yeah big deal The mm.
0: the importance of keeping it free from toxic thoughts Attitudes, Mm -hmm. desires um, Is so critical to living a life That's full and three. So I guess this is what we're doing. We're looking at yeah. the times that Jesus or other New Testament authors use the word Gehenna. Mm-hmm. Um, so that word for for hell, I guess, mm-hmm. which gets translated gets into hell, translated hell. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, being the the rubbish pit as we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're looking at the times in Scripture it uses that word to extra- to, to, to describe our experience of life if we choose to live it. Mm. So like what we looked at the other other week, all that inner world stuff, anger, lust, greed, you know, the terrible trio (laughs) (laughs) that are going to turn your life into a rubbish
1: pit. Yeah, and we'll look at another three today, and of course, uh, these are all sort of based on little studies we've done in our discipleship app, People Builder. So Available uh, in all good app stores. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it's and free. Google Play stores. <laughs> you should check it out. It's very simple. It's a very simple tool. It's designed to be simple. So if you you go there looking for a Bible college course, you might be disappointed. But, hey, if you're uh, leading people on a simple journey of faith following Jesus, it could really help you.
0: Yeah. So first cab off the rank today, we've got three that we're going to try and look at. We're, we're going to try, we'll try and look it. at we'll three. Yeah,
1: first one's pretty big, really, isn't it? And mm. we're going to look at the fear of other people's opinions. So, again, in context... What can turn your life into a stinky, burny sort of pit? Yeah, the, f- uh, the, fear, the fupo. The fupo? The fear of <laughs> other people's
0: opinions. Fupo.
1: That's very good. <laughs> um, the fear of other people's opinions. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and or soul and body in hell which would seem to be referring to God. And, of course, the word there, uh, hell, is that Greek word, Gehenna.
0: Hmm. I guess Jesus' words in this passage, I mean, don't they seem to project the image of a God that's fearsome, uh, judgmental, and very willing to, I guess, destroy
1: Yeah, I mean, look, at first glance, I think, and if you just sort of really, I think if you've got your literalist glasses on, Especially if that's already your frame of reference, you see a punitive God, then you see him very easily in this passage. First observation I'd make is that, you know, yes, is God able? Because the word there is fear him who is able. And the fact is there's a big difference between able and willing. You yeah, know what I mean. And he asked someone from a, for a favour, and it's like you know they're able to fulfil it; they're just not willing. Are they willing? To <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I think we need to be careful to to not sort of take God where He's not going. Um, the other thing really is here: you've got to sort of see Jesus' whole thought to see this in context, because this is a literary device. What Jesus is using here is contrast. So he's contrasting basically the you know the power that people might have with the power that God. Has got. And it's mm. like, if you're going to live in fear of people's opinions, there's someone's opinion that might matter more. That's kind of the, I think, the sort of thought there. So, you know, that sort of opens us up to questions. Like a rhetorical question we could all ask ourselves is probably, um, have you ever caught yourself behaving or talking in a way that's particularly designed to impress other people? Yeah. Um, we've all done it. I mean, it's rhetorical, but. We have all done, said, whatever, we've, we've gone somewhere, whatever, just to impress other people. And even though we've all done it, it does take sort of self-awareness and a bit of humility to recognize it, to own it. Um, so what Jesus is doing here is really contrasting who we should really be concerned about impressing, which is God, and it gives us that context to develop self-awareness. You know, without that, it's just like I'm just bumping along through life and society, trying to be popular, trying to connect with the right people or whatever motivates you. Mm. You're just doing your best and you don't have a context to really stop and go, hang on a sec. Whereas that's what Jesus is doing. It's like, hang on a sec, hang on a sec. Yeah. Um,
0: Like another human might be able to destroy your physical life, but it's ultimately God that will judge your
1: soul. Yeah, he's saying there's bigger things at play Mm. that you should take notice of.
0: So I guess that yeah, which is it's so true. When we behave to please people rather than God, it kind of distorts who we know we should be, and creates an internal yeah. kind of conflict and anxiety. Where it's because mm. you can't. I mean, if you you please try please everyone, you'll please no one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you end up I, pleasing people. And I guess this is kind of my 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 flavor, I suppose, because I, 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 <laughs> I, okay. I tend to true confessions, confessions, confessions. I tend to being a, a pleaser segment? and. uh a shout-out to, to Pastor Luke Kennedy. He always challenges me on this when we're talking <laughs> on the phone. tells me I should be less agreeable. Uh, so I was speaking to him the other day. He said, okay. uh, you were less agreeable in that conversation. So I'm
1: growing apparently. He probably thought his dad's <laughs> rubbing off on
0: him. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but but I, I can definitely recognise that in my life where I've tried to please people and, mm. and end up being confused as to who I even Am in yeah, a sense yeah. because I'm trying so hard to please everyone, but yeah. you can't please everyone, and you end up not even being yourself, just being yeah. a reflection of the people around you, which is not a nice place to be.
1: Yeah, and if you migrate that thought to social media platforms, mm. I mean our our world is really struggling with this, and you know we see it. We see with uh, people's Insta reels and, and all of that stuff, where. You know, people are trying to project an image. It's either larger than life or life is so exciting. You know, we, it's often referred to as the highlight reel. Um, all of that stuff, you know, our world is really struggling with this, I think. And, it, it you know, really at a base level, it's struggling with identity full stop yeah. on every level. And, we, you know, we see that in our society. And so Jesus is maybe pulling us back to wanting to pull us back to a, a ground of being, which is God. Mm. His ground of being Re- reality begins with him, uh, for the believer.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. So I guess plenty of things. It looks like when we we're trying to mm. I guess please people, get acceptance from people. Hey, mm. I guess oh it well,
1: looks like making decisions you don't want to make. Yeah, yeah. Like we we could ask ourselves at that question: Have I ever made a decision I didn't really want to make? Make and I I basically did it because I wanted to be accepted by others.
0: Yeah, and so I guess you come in that whole thought of relationships or going oh, places boy. in relationships or substance abuse yeah. just because you know, not necessarily wanting to go there yeah. but feeling like I need to go there yeah. to gain the respect of uh, others. I
1: wonder how many smoking habits began, you know, for people who now – Wish they didn't, yeah, because it's expensive and it's not particularly healthy for you. But I wonder how many just started because it was after school at the bus stop or whatever, and someone was passing around some a a, couple of a, a cigarette. Yeah, 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 they yeah. <laughs> nicked out a dad's pack. And uh, you know, I know that was my first experience of, of having a cigarette, it mm. was more to do with. If I don't do this, I'll be thought less of. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I that, don't
0: think anyone's like, oh, gee, that smoke looks like it would taste good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no,
1: it's like so, exactly what yeah. I want to do is suck that into my lungs. But no. it's so
0: true. Or how many expensive car loans were bought into, Ooh, in, you know. yeah, yeah. So you can see how this is
1: destroying your life. You're telling me. I mean, there's more subtle ones too, like living with a constant fear of rejection, mm. you know, which – for people who suffer with that, and you've got to feel for them because it just totally sucks the joy out of life. And ironically, it actually undermines their ability to develop close relationships. So it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, I'm fearful people might reject me, so you don't reach out, so you don't have friends, you know. And so that and a lot of that is the fear of what people thinking you know Mm. Um, I often say it as a joke you know when I'm preaching if I touch on these topics but if we really knew how little other people thought about us we'd just be far less concerned yeah yeah. we'd be sort of happier just to live our lives but if you struggle with that fear of rejection Mm. it's a very real thing but it's based in you know really being concerned about what others think about you yeah and there is a ground of being I just want to encourage you God is a ground of being, you know, that you go back to knowing that you are loved, you are accepted by Him at the baseline, Mm. removes so much of that pain. If you can find your acceptance in Him, um, you will fear people's opinions much, much less.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it leaves you free to be who you actually are. In that sense, when you actually accept it at that level, it's like, well, who I am is not based on the opinions of
1: others. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people walk around really feeling like they're under the microscope in public. You know, it's, um, am I wearing the right clothes? Is my shirt tucked in? I haven't got anything on my face, have I? You know, and and I mean, there's a certain amount of that that's, you know, that's quite okay. I'm I'm glad we wipe our nose and stuff like that. But, you know, self consciousness itself is a tough. Taskmaster.
0: Yeah, I mean I think another example maybe that we face a lot these days is like, um, you know, spending a lot of time thinking over what caption I'm going to put on this post um, <laughs> or what message, what I'm saying in a group chat because I'm concerned if I get one word wrong, I'm going to be judged for that and, wow, and not yeah. accepted.
1: I probably need to move a little bit that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might be a bit too After honest. After all, if anyone has, uh,
0: has you on social media, they would have seen some posts oh, in the stinger yeah. suit. Oh, yes. Maybe you should have thought no. Oh, yes, no, no. yeah. The, the dreaded stinger the suit. The dreaded yeah. stinger suit. Hilarious photos if you yeah. haven't seen them.
1: And, you know, it leads this whole fear of others and fear of, you know, wanting to be accepted um you know considering the opinions of others as your most important measuring stick of your life it leads to stuff like exaggeration and bragging you know we've probably all known someone uh, maybe that's us you know who feels compelled to tell stories that are inflated mm-hmm. and it's all you know really to try and stoke their sense of value and gain admiration from others and um and, you know, I reckon probably all of us have been tempted to do that. And if you've done it, you generally hate yourself for doing it afterwards. It's like, why did I say that? Like, or why did I feel I had to say that? I yeah. didn't need to say that. You know, I think we've all probably been caught in that at some point. And this isn't an exhaustive list at all, but it sort of gives a, an insight in what Jesus is indicating. And that is the turmoil that the fear of others can bring to your inner world. Just totally destabilising you, robbing the joy out of life. I mean, life begins to suck. Life becomes a pit. Life becomes Gehenna. Yeah, you know. And so Jesus here is just trying to help us avoid it.
0: Yeah, and and I guess in this context, as we talk about it, it goes from being, "Here's a list of rules, and here's a list of things you can't do," because I mean, if you look at it the wrong way, because God will send you to hell for them. (laughs) Um, it it becomes, I guess, the best advice. Jesus is giving oh, to the human race ever, and very compelling, very much yeah. like I want to live a life that's free from people's opinions. And in this context, yeah, these things turn my life into hell, yeah. into living hell, yeah. into a rubbish pit. Yep. So I guess that's what Jesus is saying. Don't let the fear of the opinions of others
1: turn your life into, into the pit, the pit. And, you know, when you've settled the issue to just simply be pleasing to God, you know, you, it, the, Biggest benefit is you just release to be comfortable in your own skin, you know, and, and scripture teaches faith in Christ is where that sort of begins for us. Uh, Jesus, of course, he pleased God both with the life he lived and the sacrifice he made on our behalf and simple faith in him ensures like God sees us like Jesus when he looks at us. You know, one part in the New Testament says that our lives are hidden in God in Christ, so the whole picture or the thought is when God sees us he doesn't see us with our foibles and our mistakes and our shortcomings which we've all got he actually sees us you know as his as his child he sees yeah. us just the way that he views his own son
0: yeah, how he intended us to be I suppose yeah, yeah.
1: that's exactly how it is and um, I think it is important that we note just here that this is not about performing for God rather than man So Jesus isn't saying, okay, you've been performing for man. You should really be performing for God. That is the same problem with just wearing a different shirt, basically. That is religion. That's what we call religion. And um, I guess it's that
0: we're we're not living a certain way to be accepted by God. We're living a certain way because we are accepted by God. That's it. Which might seem like a small difference, but I think it's a massive difference uh, when we we get the motive the right way. So the, the issue is settled in our lives when we I guess truly trust that Christ is enough yeah. for us and for God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when we do experience total acceptance, you know, your need to be admired by people finds its proper level. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And, you know, there's there's a level of pride that keeps, you know, drives you to keep your shoes clean. Yeah. Th- that's not bad. But there's a level of pride, you know, that you would buy shoes you can't afford. Yeah, 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 and so I think again, when you come back to ground of being, you come back to God, and you find your acceptance and love right there. Mm. Then, yeah, you your your drivenness to be pleasing. Even to people, mm. it finds its correct level. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm cleaning my shoes out of respect for the people I'm going to be in the room with. Yeah, yeah, and because oh, I, 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 my my, I respect myself. Yeah, and I respect myself. But I'm not
0: cleaning my shoes because uh, if I don't, people will, uh,
1: you know, I want, I need to have people's approval. Yeah, or racing out to buy, a, you know, really? 300 it's... pair of running shoes just to impress the person yeah. sitting opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we could ask ourselves questions that would help us maybe, you know, um, Stuff like can you identify, you know, a, a decision you've made or decisions you make, behaviour, words that we've spoken, that we've done it just to impress others and then you feel like you've compromised your integrity. Yeah. If you've ever walked away going, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Um, why did I make that decision? Like, yeah. That was, that was not a good decision for yeah. me. Um, I would never have normally made it, but I just felt pressure. And,
0: and I or think- like I talked down about my friend, which I would never <laughs> yeah. do openly, yeah, but yeah, because of yeah. the pressure of the situation, I yeah. agreed with some people about someone that I actually care about yeah. in a negative way. Well,
1: this is how the, the tall poppy syndrome. Operates. It's like if I cut everyone down around me, I'll look taller. Mm. So you know, I'm the most acceptable one, or I'm the leader, or I'm the I'm the most admired one, or whatever. I'm the most important person in the room because I've been able to kneecap everyone else. Mm. It's all coming out of this desire to be pleasing to others, and not really having a ground of being that's separate to that yeah. that you can anchor your soul on. Mm. Uh, and another que- another question we could ask ourselves really is probably just identifying those symptoms and if you can identify anything that we've talked about where you go, if you've been listening to the podcast and you've been going at any point, oh, that's me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I think, man, I mean, we yeah. might have a few saints out there, which I think we're going to address in a in a future episode um no down secretary uh, yes no down <laughs> secretary future,
0: future we, we, we just, have actually planned this one though so yeah we'll but we, we still don't have
1: a secretary <laughs> so um um i just lost my train of thought so the the idea is um you know if anything did grab you then just identify it and go like what is my poison mm. what's my poison of choice is it is it words? Is it boasting or bragging or embellishing stories? You know, making myself seem more successful than I am. Is it feeling the need to buy things or wear things or cross lines and boundaries in a relationship or whatever it might be mm. for acceptance? Uh, because all of those things Jesus said that kind of behaviour is is going to drive you <clears throat> into an unhappy place. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just trying to bring us back to, as I said, the anchor of our soul, a ground of being that's outside of the opinions of others, that is deeper, that is a more firm foundation than the opinions of others, where we can get comfortable in our own skin, find total acceptance and forgiveness mm-hmm. and love, and then live out of that an abundant life.
0: Yeah, and I think, in, when you, again, you look at these things in this context, you go from a God who's judging you or trying to keep you to a set of rules to – you know, or a God who's condemning you to go somewhere in the future to a God who loves you so much and cares for your present now that he doesn't want you to live a life that's a stinking rubbish pit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that he's, he's, I guess, giving warning and encouragement is, in that yeah, sense yeah, yeah, that, yeah. hey, be be careful to stay free from these things. Yeah. Not because if you do them, I'm going to punish
1: you for them. Yeah.
0: But if you do them, they're going to punish you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I
0: think we've got time to look through maybe a couple more. What do you think?
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, let, let's, let's keep the, bowl ro- we'll the keep ball rolling. We'll keep the ball rolling, rolling and get yeah. on to the second one. We're on a roll, as they say. Uh,
0: the second one, uh, which would be the fifth one, I suppose, because are looking at six things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the, um, second one for today. Second one for today is the pressure of religious conformity. Now, <laughs>
0: Which this is, is really ironic, thing. right? <laughs>
1: yeah. As soon as you say that, it's like, hang on, Jesus is warning us about religion?
0: Yeah, yes, like, absolutely. Yes.
1: Yes, he is. To our, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he totally or is. Did I just say? No, abs- I did. I, did. Did. <laughs> I said.
1: Hey, we've been, I've been pretty good with I that. I think we have. I don't know. I've probably already said it six times. Probably. Anyway, um, Matthew 23, verse 15 uh, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, which is basically the word for a a follower. A convert. A convert, yeah. yeah. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves, a son of Gehenna. And so Jesus is, you know, and this is, hey, this is my take on it. Mm. Again, like I know that there will be different interpretations of all Everything we ever talk about, this is just one take on it. I think it's a helpful take. So, you know, Jesus is obviously, first First of all, it says scribes and Pharisees. Jesus is shooting straight at the religious leaders of the day for their determination to convert everyone else to be just as narrow and judgmental as they were themselves because that's how Jesus found them. Mm. It was like you guys, you know, so narrow you could look through a keyhole with both eyes at the same <laughs> yeah. time. And in general, the religious leaders of Jesus' day really did seem um, detached. You know, they they were unfeeling, unempathetic towards genuine human need. They seemed to be uh, obsessed with deciding who was in and out, who was acceptable with God. Um, and really, modern religious leaders do the same thing. We must be very, very careful about falling into the same trap. Um, and, uh, and so that's where Jesus is aiming at. It's like, right, you know, uh, why would you pressure people to be just like you? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, my first observation probably really of it is, um, you know, Jesus here is very definitely declaring Gehenna, as present reality,
0: mm.
1: hell right now. You're making them twice as much a son of hell. I don't think he was just talking about maybe in the future they'll be messy, or their their experience will be messy in eternity. Jesus is talking about right now. You're you're making them the same sons of hell that you are. So certainly wasn't talking about a future event. Mm. And um, you know he was all he was recognizing that living in a narrow, judgmental, religious world is a painful experience.
0: Yeah, so like in Jesus' eyes, life stunk for them right there, right where they were, even as they were exercising power over other people.
1: Isn't it crazy? I mean, exercising power over other people was probably them fulfilling their heart's desire, Mm. and yet Jesus was just calling it out as hellish living that not only brought hell to their lives, it brought hell to others. Mm. Um, Another observation would be... Um, it's, you know, if you look at it in the third person for us, in a sense, it's possible for external profe- uh, pressure to conform to make our lives just as miserable as theirs. Yeah. So as much as you can look at oh, our narrow religious leaders and, and Jesus condemned it and said that's a hellish life, And mm. but, you know, the, the lesson is, is, man, if you let someone pressurise you to conform, then your life can become hell too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we do need instruction and challenge and leadership and all of those things. Um, And sometimes we need to be pushed out of our comfort zones too. That's all a healthy part of discipleship process. But unhealthy pressure to conform always makes life stink. Yeah. You know, and look what we've been through recently.
0: Yeah, <laughs> as a with, society, with COVID and everything—you
1: um, know, political divides, all of that—take sides. You know, I expect you to think the way I think. I expect you to believe what I believe. Mm. Um, no one appreciates it. We all know that's hell.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, even if we just look back to what we were talking about, like, but the external pressure to dress a certain way or talk yeah, a certain way, yeah, um, is going to turn your life into trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess it's this is where it's important to, I guess, recognize that. You know, Christianity is—it's an inside job in that sense. It's—it's it's God's Spirit working within us to transform us yeah. internally into the into the image of a perfect human, which would be Jesus Christ. Jesus Himself,
1: himself. yeah, um, yeah.
0: So I guess we should, yeah, we've got to be careful, hey, not to be driven by the expectations mm. of others and instead be led by the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is, I
0: guess we see in Romans eight, you know, whereas as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children. Of god yeah not yeah. the ones that are pressured into something from <laughs> the outside it. but the ones that are yeah. driven and transformed from the inside
1: yeah and um, i mean there's a bit of kickback in our society that i think we'll address in a future episode too that around that religious conformity and people feeling pressurized to uh to go places they don't want to go and um uh, but th- that's what this whole thing is about jesus is saying external religious pressure is hellish. Mm. Um, You know, what you've brought up is, yeah, this is meant to be spirit-led. It's a transformation from the inside out. It's willingly, you know, anyone who's willing, like Jesus said to people, it was a question, it wasn't a command, follow me. Yeah. It was a question. Mm. Follow me and I'll make you, you know. So it was an opportunity, it was an invitation, and not everyone, you know, to me I think it's sad, but not everyone will choose to do that. Yeah. Um, So I guess
0: it's important to have the driving force for our relationship with Jesus be just that, a relationship, an internal desire to grow and to follow rather than I feel like I'm doing something out of pressure to conform or pressure to be a certain way.
1: And again, the caveat is we all need a kick in the pants sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, mate, you should read your Bible more. Mate, you know, have you been praying? Like honestly, if we really wanted to do discipleship-based Pastoring of people, um, when someone comes with a problem, if if they're a believer, you know, the first question we should ask is, what's God saying as you read the Bible? Yeah, yeah. You know, how's God speaking to your heart? Uh, how's God? What's God saying when you pray? You mm. know, and now sometimes people are in such a deep hole they just can't even do that. But there are times we just need a bit of a sharpen up. Yeah. But when if there's a constant pressure and a you know a, a expectation, yeah, that. Is not necessarily how Jesus said it should be.
0: I, I think it's just an important thing. A, a good way to, I guess, recognise if this is at work is if every time you hear someone speak about reading your Bible, if you feel guilty, <laughs> maybe it's a sign that you're under the wrong kind of pressure, like you're no. trying to read it for out of religious conformity yeah. rather than out of a, re- a realisation that this could be life yeah. transformational. Have you read a chapter a day? Yeah, yeah. Have you read like, your
1: chapter today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas
0: more, it's like, are you hearing... You do you want to hear God's yeah, voice yeah, through yeah. the scripture? That's it. Um or do you want to spend more time in 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 prayer communicating yeah. with God um rather yeah. than this pressure of you should pray more, it's.
1: and we've we've tried I to even to. build that into our simple discipleship practices when when we encourage people to journal, use their Bibles to journal. And it's like you know if 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 you feel the Holy Spirit's enlightening a passage to you and God's beginning to speak, why would you continue reading?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: there's can be other times to read broadly. Sit down on a Saturday, rainy Saturday afternoon and read a whole book of the Bible. Great, mm-hmm. well done. Um, but if if it's day to day hearing from what the Holy Spirit's saying, um, you know, most of my journal entries are from the first verse. Yeah, yeah. Of any chapter I read, it's just like oh, you know, straight away I see something, and then I spend my time actually thrashing that out. So God, what are you saying? and what does that mean to me today and how am I going to live it? Yeah, Mm. and
0: hopefully this isn't too off topic, but I've seen this recently in my, I guess, my life group, small group of guys that meet together. We've been uh, reading through James together and kind of had to, I guess, release a bunch of the guys in the sense of if you read the first verse and something stands out, stop there and apply that Yeah. and don't feel bad about not finishing the chapter because I noticed a lot of them were like, oh, I still haven't read it, I still haven't finished it. Yeah. So no, no, the point is to apply what you're reading in, in this case. So, And I think it's been really life-giving and they've been finding, I actually really want to finish this now. I don't feel bad yeah, if That's not. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I haven't it's the whole thing of Jesus being, um, I think it's Jesus where he teaches like if you're about to give your offering, is that you're about to yeah, offer yeah, something yeah, and you realise yeah, you've got an offence, go yeah, and forgive him and yeah, then come back. Yeah. I almost feel it's that sometimes with scripture. If something stands out to you and it's like, oh, I need to forgive someone don't worry about finishing the chapter. Yeah,
1: great. Forgive thought. that person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
0: then come back and keep reading yeah, the kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Apply this thing first. Apply this so. principle. Well, I hope that's not... not too far off track, but I feel like no, well, the, the it goes religious with the, conformity is yeah, it's I've a good got example. to finish this, I've got to read this chapter, I've got to read X amount of Scripture.
1: It's a good example of it, I think. Um, so I, I, it's funny, Jesus warns us about, uh, religious conformity, being pressured into that. I guess you could ask yourself the question, have you ever felt pushed into some sort of religious – and I, I, by religious, I'm talking spiritual practice. Mm. So pushed into religious observances. You know, if you've ever felt like, oh, I, I've, I've been pushed to do this, you could ask yourself the question, was it a positive or a negative experience? Mm. Because we often only ever hear about the negatives – often only hear, oh, yeah, they made me do this or whatever. And often when – can I be really honest? Often when people have said that to me, it's like, well, I never put that pressure on you. Mm, that, yeah. was a, that was an expectation. I, You know, I thought I was encouraging you to do it. If you read it that way, um, that might be on you mm. uh, sometimes. I'm not trying to, you know, skip responsibility. But the fact is sometimes getting pushed to do a bit is a positive experience. Yeah. I think anyone I've ever taught to journal who was a bit reluctant to journal, after they've learned to journal and I've expected to do it for, for a few weeks, you can't stop them. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever, yeah, ever learned yeah. to do, you know. So, um, and I think it's important that we ask ourselves whether we're sensitive enough right now to God's spirit to actually hear his voice and be led on life's journey.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that, that's what is best. Yeah. That is what is best. And so we've looked at a hell of a life. We've looked at the fear of uh, living under the shadow of others' opinions. We've looked at the pressure of religious conformity. What are we doing next?
0: Yeah, I guess the last one uh, that we'll we'll talk about today would be uh, a loose tongue. <laughs> loose the, tongue. The danger of having a loose
1: tongue. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which maybe,
0: I guess, would seem like the only doing sin on this list. A lot of yeah. them have been more internal things. Um, yeah, yep. Although I guess Jesus did say that your words were an
1: overflow from yeah, your heart. Yes, so again, yeah. essentially it is
0: an it, internal
1: thing. Yeah, it is. It's it a, is still an overflow. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's a symptom of something happening on the inside. So, And I guess skipping from Jesus' words to James here, mm-hmm. uh, if we look at James 3, 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell mm. the, again the hell there being yeah. the greek gehanna
1: yeah 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 and i mean what strong language yeah if you think about it it's like you know hell can get into your mouth <laughs> that's sort of what he's saying it's yeah, like yeah. if you um if you let it go free, and obviously there's other verses around this passage that give it a bit of context. As a matter of fact, um, James devotes much of this chapter to the power of the tongue. It's really a powerful teaching. Um, so he's he's using this analogy of Gehenna, that same thing that Jesus used. It was almost the picture is is that if you talk badly, you know, what's happening outside the city gates that you've all observed, you know it stinks, you know it's on fire, you know there's worms there and dogs that bark and scavenge dead bodies. It's a horrible place. Mm. You know, would you want that in your mouth?
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or would you want to live surrounded by that? It's almost like you're becoming this fire-breathing dragon who's setting fire to everything.
1: Yeah, that's it. And it's an ugly picture and it's meant to be. I mean, you know, sometimes, again, when we when we don't take into consideration literary device and communication style and ancient communication style, um, we, you know, this is so harsh in our world. Mm. In their world, um, communication in itself, the ability to was education, it was entertainment. People would go just to watch people debate, you know, and we Mm. still do in our society to, to this day. Um, And so the language is strong and it's powerful. The rhetoric is strong, Mm -hmm. you know, for a reason. It's meant to be ugly because, you know, ugly words are really damaging. Yeah,
0: and I guess it's, again, important to know it's not saying that God's going to turn your world into this if you do this. It's saying you're going to turn your own world into this, which is so true. I I mean, you'd only have to go as far as have you ever said something that you instantly realized it was a mistake and instantly realized how damaging it was yeah and you know, yep. wanting to bite the words back out of the air or whatever yep, yep. i mean not only is it often embarrassing but often you can see as you're, as you're saying it how damaging it is
1: oh man catastrophic and all
0: you have to do is look at someone who isn't I guess, um, wise with what they speak in the world around them. And it's almost like you can see, Yeah, it's almost like there's a war zone yeah, around them, yeah, yeah.
1: you know, trees scarred yeah. by things that have been said and big bomb holes around. Oh, mate. This I fun. mean, you know, look, taking responsibility and probably using a personal example, I mean, I can come home from work and if I've had a bad day, I can set the house on fire. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? By the way, I speak to my wife and then, you know, if the kids, a couple of the kids that still live at home, they arrive home and it just begins to overflow. You know, I've had a really bad day and I'm bleh and yeah, you sort yeah, of bleh yeah. it out. And uh, and it goes even further, you know, where you intentionally can talk about people and damage reputations. And I was in a meeting this morning and it was um, it was in the secular marketplace and um, and someone mentioned a business in a public forum that they'd had a bad experience with, and it was like the air sort of got sucked in a bit around the room. Mm. Like, um, oh, that's that's damaging. Yeah, I think everyone recognised it. Yeah, that, I was talking was to damaging.
0: A, a businessman re- recently, and they were sharing a similar thing. How yeah. they, some someone that one of their clients. Um, just got on a war path against them and yeah. rang everyone they knew in the city and said, don't use this person.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: talk about destroying. Oh, man. You know, and he was kind of saying this that was the most damage anyone's ever been able to do to me. To the business, and, yeah. And, you know, I was able to come back from it, obviously, yeah. but that was yeah. extremely damaging. And so yeah. our worlds have, our words, sorry, wow. have the
1: power to. Well, how many friendships have been destroyed? Through what? Through a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe you know one that was you know people didn't mean to even have, but they walked away going, "Golly, I don't know how it got there," but mm. it's generally you know someone has a spark, and someone instead of pouring water on it, they throw kerosene on it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, whooshka. Which our culture is it's
0: saturated with,
1: right? and we see it. You know that happens in church life. All it takes is someone saying you know being negative and petty or whatever, mm. and a fire can start. And, yeah. Um, so, you know, you you look at it, words have intense power and really looking at our culture in one sense, it's saturated with damaging words from yeah. mainstream media, you know, the whole keyboard warrior thing on social media, on blogs, commenting on stuff, um, even, you know, it just amazes me, it amazes me on Facebook groups, mm. maybe sales groups, you know, and I'm on a lot of car groups with old cars and stuff and someone and I've had it happen to me you know you'll post something you'll post a part you'll put a price on it that you think I think it's worth that mm. and then people just feel like they have absolute permission to come at you to yeah. come at you and say whatever they like um, or at other people, and it never worries me because I'm just like, whatever. you know, yeah. yeah, whatever. But I look at it for others. They've posted a nice vehicle and then someone just tears it apart and it's like I honestly feel like answering, but you just know. Yeah. yeah I mean, gra- doing that on the internet's like grabbing a savage dog by yeah. the ears. I mean, you're just dumb it, to do and it. And it's
0: just, I guess it's scary how people don't seem to stop and think about the power <laughs> their words have or the damage they can do. Yeah. And, but I guess that's the promising thing. Th- promising thing that James does say is that you can control your tongue. Yeah. Um, and if you can, you can control your whole life. Mm. I mean, in James three two, it's for, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone who doesn't stumble with words, uh, if anyone doesn't stumble with words, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body, which yeah. is a big
1: statement. Oh, a huge statement. And, I mean, I think there's several key phrases in there. He says we all stumble, mm. and I think he's right. I don't think anyone could say I've never messed up with my mouth. Yeah. Um, and then he says, in many things, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. like we are all stuffing up in this area in a lot of different ways. But he, then he says, if anyone doesn't, he's a perfect man. Mm you know and then he uses this analogy like um we put bits in horses you know so that we can steer them you're able to bridle your whole body so he's basically saying if you can bring discipline discipline to what might be you know considered the most frail part of our humanity then disciplining the rest of your inner world it's should be, be actually power. well within your capacity yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a huge promise it's like if i could just pull my tongue in line a bit I could actually get a lot more control over the whole direction of my life. Yeah. And and that is, you know, in, as the Bible is able to do, it's both a challenge, sort of a rebuke and a challenge in one, and a massive promise yeah. of what you could get out of it if you can actually practice it. <clears throat>
0: it's, it's a good aim.
1: Mm. So, you know, questions we could ask yourself. Um, would you be happy for everyone around you to be aware of how you speak about others? I mean, maybe making it really personal, would you be happy for people around you to know how you spoke about them when they weren't in the room?
0: Yeah, that's a big question. That's
1: pretty challenging, isn't it? And, uh, you know, recently, because I know we do this and recently I actually took out a, a really high level leader in my world that I respect and um, has got great leadership. And I actually just took him out to dinner with one agenda item. And I told him before we went to dinner. Um, and I It was, you know, I've been in groups with you under your leadership for the best part of 10 years. You've been in our church, seen us in action, all of that. What is the conversation you have with your wife as you drive away? Hmm. So when you leave New Hope and you leave Chris Mulher, what are the kind of things that you observe about us? That's what I want to know. I don't want to, you know, and he was very affirming and he's a safe individual to, to say it to. Mm. But ultimately it was like the truth really comes out when we're by ourselves yeah, in one yeah. sense. And, of course, there's things we need to be able to say in private. I'm not saying that. But it would probably pay us to just take stock by going, wow, um, do I talk about others when they're not present in a way that I'd be happy for them to know about if they were. Yeah, that's huge. And that thought is scary, hey. Yeah. Um, but could I just suggest that they probably are re- already are aware. Mm. They might not know exactly what you say. You can pick it up. Though, but they're you? picking up your vibe. Yeah. They are. Um, another question is, you know, if in, in all your words, from what you say to what you think, because they're words, mm. what we think, we often don't realise that they are words. We're thinking in words and we're thinking in pictures. So um, whatever you type into a device, all the words you use, if all of that was projected onto a big screen in front of your crew, uh, you know, what are some of the things you'd want to change? Yeah. That's just a great way of helping us make ourselves accountable to ourselves, which I think accountability, accountability to ourselves is the only accountability that truly works.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because we... We can sort of lie to ourselves for a while, but if you actually want to be accountable to yourself, you can't lie to yourself. Yeah, it's true. Mm.
0: Well, I think that's a wrap. Whoa.
1: A hell of a life. <laughs> a hell of a life. Not exhausted. Part two. Part two. Uh,
0: but I guess it's probably every warning about poor behaviour could be seen in a similar frame to what we've we've spoken about.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is where the Bible, where the Bible challenges us with behaviour and thinking. It's all in this category of don't, don't turn your life into a mess. Mm, yeah. God loves you. He's yeah. got a purpose for you. Yeah, He's got yeah. a plan for you. Don't derail it.
0: Yeah. I think that's a powerful way to look at it rather than, you know, if you do these things, he'll send you somewhere bad in the future. So, no, <laughs> no, he's warning you about turning your life into somewhere you don't want to live yep. right now. That's it. Um, so very good. Wrap it up.
1: That's awesome. Well, thanks for being with us, folks. And uh, from everyone from across the nations of the world, the great masses, from us here from
0: Nova Scotia <laughs> to Hyogo <laughs> uh,
1: from us here at Dig A Little Deeper it has been great to be in your lounge rooms your cars your earpods, wherever we found you uh, you have a fantastic rest of the week we'll catch you for a bad burrito next week oh the wrath of a bad burrito hey everyone it's Nick here thanks for listening Feel free to leave a rating or a review and join us next week as we discuss the front gate. In the meantime, you could check out the New Hope podcast for preaching from Chris and Levi, or go and find a new walking trail to pass the time. Thanks again. Bye.